0: Hello, Wendy.
1: Hello, Jane.
0: Welcome to Love Letters, Life, and Other Conversations.
1: I'm so excited to hear what you've chosen as our springboard for today's conversation.
0: Well, I'll give you a little bit of background information on this one. Please. Please. Um, this is a letter or an email I received from a girlfriend in Melbourne only two days ago and she just the heading of the email was loving the questions podcast she loved the three-part valentine special
1: oh hooray I loved it too I loved
0: recording with
1: you and I listened to all three episodes in a row on Sunday while I was doing a chore that I've neglected to do for too long. So it made it very enjoyable.
0: Very good. You were habit stacking.
1: I was. And I cried in all the same places listening as I did when I spoke the words.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. So my friend, Megan, really enjoyed the three-part series for Valentine's Day and, in fact, on Valentine's Day, she and her husband and her daughter, who is my oldest daughter's best friend, they've been best friends since they were little tiny girls, and her boyfriend, they did the 36 questions. and I love that. And uh, said that her daughter and her boyfriend, her daughter's boyfriend, uh, did all of them. She said her husband squirmed at a few and left the room. But she <laughs> said the, she and the uh, young couple got through all of them and loved it and all agreed that it was a wonderful thing to do on Valentine's Day. So she then wrote me this email entitled Loving the Questions Podcast and then this. Dear Jane, here is my eulogy for you. Oh, my. Jane and I met through our daughters, Millie and Tilly. I remember the first time I went to Jane's home in Hawksburn Village and that she had made some cupcakes, turning them out on the bench with practised ease and flair. We had a very pleasant and genuine connection from the start. Over the years, as we came to know each other better, we shared various confidential stories with each other, sometimes when Jane came back from France for a few months. We would breakfast together at various places once, about once a week. Jane was an eternal optimist and she had the ability to see her dreams come alive without worrying too much about the negative or difficult aspects that might be involved. I think she was one of those believe it and it can and will happen type of people. Sometimes I laughed at this and her starry-eyed exaggerations for, as we call it, the Jane factor. But our way of looking at life enabled her to raise four children, buy a rundown chateau in France, renovate it and create the French table. She also wrote four beautiful books. She didn't seem to see any boundaries to what she could achieve. Always confident hurdles would be jumped and things would work out. I, on the other hand, am a bit opposite to that. If I dream of something, I'm likely to first think, of the negative aspects associated with the dream. And so usually do do not take the risks. I'm in awe of what Jane achieved. I deeply valued Jane's friendship and appreciated the time we took for each other to connect face-to-face, IRL or via WhatsApp, face-to-face or on the phone or via email. She was a great welcomer and was generous with her time and hospitality Her sense of beauty and her eye for just the right decor made her home's beautiful places to stay. I will miss Jane's smile and laughter, her listening and sharing, and her optimistic, happy take on life. And then she wrote the next day, Jane, I wrote the eulogy quickly. I'd also like to add in enthusiasm, energy and general yes saying, also good memory and sense of humour
1: my word. Oh, I have so much to say. Okay. I have a couple of questions for you. First, what a gift, you know, I've, I'm reading a book called hero on a mission by Donald Miller. And one of the first practices or exercises that he gives in the book is to write your own eulogy. And then use that as a means to develop your One five and ten twenty thirty year goals, so that you description
0: life of how you would like to be seen and heard. Exactly,
1: exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. But to have a friend write your eulogy, oh my word, what a gift!
0: I know. I was a little shocked when I first saw the title. I could imagine. (laughs) <laughs> I Did I miss something? Artwork. I think I was, I, I was shocked for about half an hour. And then I reread it and I reread it. And I thought, you know, there's so many quotes and, and sayings about live your life, you know, the way that you would like people to remember you after you're gone. And I thought, well, this is really, I'm, seeing, I'm being told how she sees me. Right. And I sort of love that. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, because she's touched on, you know, she's touched on all the things that are important to me, like connection and friendship and confidentiality. And okay, I am, I do live my life like I'm in a fairy tale some of the time. And that's the Jane factor that she's talking about.
1: I love um, that so much. I will be using that often. And I don't so, think there's anything to apologize for living yeah. creating a beautiful life that you of your own making.
0: Yeah, but it, it, it's such an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, I wonder how people would feel about writing a eulogy to a close
1: to their person. Who's still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything in this um, beautiful gift that mm. surprised you?
0: No. Oh. No. I didn't remember that the first time she came to my house that I'd made cupcakes. I don't remember that. Everything else, nothing surprised me. I mean, I know she always laughs. Every time I come up with a new hair brand idea, she Fabulous just laughs.
1: Idea.
0: Well, I'll... I'll look forward to seeing that come to fruition. But there've been plenty of hair-brained ideas that have not come to fruition, you know, or have just died—died died a sudden or slow death. <laughs> you know, I
1: well, have, well, yes, so, you know. Yes.
0: I mean, I think part of living creatively and and being a being a creative person is that. You come up with these ideas and you turn them over in your mind and you walk through, you wade through, you know, waters and and wonder and think and turn it over and over and over and over and sometimes you turn it over and you roll it away because you think, "Mm, that's just not, it's not doing it for me anymore. I've had plenty of those. And Megan over the years, I mean, our daughters are now 29, And they've been friends since they were three. So she has seen a lot of my hair brand ideas and heard them because she's a really good listener.
1: Oh, I love that um, she can celebrate the things that are the same about the two of you and the things that brought you together and the things that are predictable and feel safe, but that she can also acknowledge. The ways that you're very different, and how yeah. obviously we know this because we're mature, grown women, but you don't have to only be friends with people that are exactly like you. Oh, no, no. How would that be? It would be awesome.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But it is also fun to find someone who thinks like you. <laughs> yeah. i tell you what I was surprised about. I was surprised about something.
0: She says, um, her sense of beauty and her eye for just the right decor made her homes beautiful places to stay. she never told me that. And she lives in a very, very modern house. So my style is completely, you, you know, I'm a, I have a very eclectic, pared down, all over the place. No, No particular style or rhyme or reason. It's just things that I love and I throw them together.
1: A collection of things that have spoken to you.
0: Yeah, she is incredibly modern, unusual colors, very, very um, clean lines, no no, uh, clatter anywhere. That surprised me. That surprised me that she actually went there and that she does like the way I do things. Because I wouldn't have thought that, so that does surprise me.
1: Right. I mean, and you, I appreciate that type of architecture when I mm. see some, you know, in urban, sophisticated mm. penthouse in a city oh, yes. vibe. I think, oh my gosh, that is so neat. Mm. I don't want to live there, but I would like to rent that Airbnb for a month. That would be fun, (laughs) but it's just not, I can appreciate that style, but it is not my style. Yes, but I don't think there was anything else that, that
0: really surprised me. No.
1: Has it spurned you to want to write a eulogy for her or for anybody else?
0: not yet okay not yet I
1: I actually thought about that
0: um I think it's a really really lovely task but I think you I think it has to come from the heart and I wouldn't just turn around and write one back to her because I think it would be seen as you know Jane thought that she should and we don't and we don't have that relationship
1: I love that
0: do not have that relationship Megan wouldn't Um, expect it from me and if I was to turn around and do it straight away Mm -hmm. I think she wouldn't appreciate it either that needs to be done when you feel the urge to do it when you feel like and you don't necessarily need to call it a eulogy although calling it a eulogy gets straight to the heart. Correct. And the shock values there. I think it's the sort of thing that you, you have to, you have to be in the right state of mind and really it come from the heart, not come from, well, oh, she wrote me one, so maybe I should write her one. Uh-uh. I don't, I don't think that's the right
1: forum for that. You have that kind of friendship, which is beautiful. And I love oh, that. Very,
0: we have a very honest friendship. We have, a, we have a, um, a deep, long friendship that we have told each other a lot of stuff over the years. We're both good listeners and we'll, you know, we will have a friendship, an endearing friendship forever. But I wouldn't insult our friendship by just smacking back a eulogy to, to Megan.
1: Beautiful.
0: I might I might write her one one day, but it will have to be when the time's right.
1: I love that. I wonder what spurned her to, that's the second time I've used the word spurned. I wonder what, <laughs> it's, I like a good, it. it's a good word. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder what spurned her to write it in the first place. Did she elaborate or say why? She didn't.
0: She didn't. I uh, look her her dad died a couple of months ago mm-hmm. and she had sent me a long email about her dad dying and really poignant times in her life she showed me a collection of photos and showed me a, a diary i think i passed it on to you Did that her you. dad for her when she was 21 and and you know, I think she sent that to me thinking, oh, you know, if you would like to use that as a springboard for a conversation. And then this came after it and I thought, oh, no, this is this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> and I, And I immediately spoke to her and I said, how would you feel about us, Wendy and I, using it for a discussion? She said, go for it. And it's interesting. She has also sent me an email, and she's asked me specifically. She's given me some ideas of things that she would like to hear us talk about.
1: Oh, perfect! Quite
0: tricky stuff, which I will talk to you about, Wendy. And
1: You're a murky water kind of gal, so yeah, I, I know. Will- but Megan, Megan really
0: goes murky. She really goes murky. So. You know, you and I will have a little discussion about it. And then I think we'd have to find some, we'd still need to find a springboard as a discussion point. And she could probably help us with some of that.
1: Ah! Well, Ah! I am willing to traverse murky waters if you hold my hand.
0: Okay. Well, I'm always, you know, I'm always up for holding hands.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yes. Takeaways, Wendy. What's your takeaway?
1: I will now often be referring to the Jane Factor. I loved that so much. Um, And everyone listening knows exactly what it is because we all have our own definition. Because you have made an imprint on our hearts.
0: Oh, you're very sweet. But uh, it's actually a bit of a joke amongst my friends. The Jane Factor is supposed to be a little bit of a backhanded um, insult.
1: Well, I get to translate it however I like. And I well, that, like the Jane factor. That,
0: that is true. You know, um, I'll tell a story and everyone sort of puts their head on, on a tilt and says, okay, how much is Jane factor? What is exaggerated here?
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's just um, storytelling.
0: It's not that I'm lying about things. It's just storytelling. I think it's the way I tell the story. Or, you know, you know me. Just like you. I can tell a story and burst into tears. Right.
1: So that is just me. You live an extraordinary life. And people want to hear your stories. Particularly because- in my head. <laughs> That you've also taken with your whole oh, other life going on in my head. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, you like you've taken you've taken great leaps, and a lot of people would not feel as comfortable doing that, or they might even dream about it, but never say yes to themselves. You are a person who dreams big. And in some instances have also taken great leaps to obtain that dream or some version of it. And Mm -hmm. although that might come more easily to you than other people, apparently it's not the norm. I have the same experience with friends of mine, like, I love everything you're doing. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm just waking up and doing what's in front of me. And everybody has that same opportunity, but the things that you have taken hold of and you've owned your experience, you've, the life you have is the life you created And that is beautiful. And people like to be around that and watch that, even if it's not something that they desire for themselves, it's just an opportunity to witness someone living their own permission slip with, Mm. of course, not in, not in disregard of other people, but in great regard regard for what is on your heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. You're welcome. Um, I think for me, this just illustrated how easily, or maybe not how easily, I, I must ask Megan how easy it was to write. She says at the end, I, I, I wrote this really quickly. I wrote the eulogy quickly. So I want to add a few things. So maybe it was quite easy for her to do. But what a beautiful thing to do for someone special in your life. I mean, I write and I, tell, and I tell people that are dear to me how I feel about them, um, but I've never called it a eulogy or, um, you know, spelt it out like that um, or, or spoken about the person as if they're no longer here. It's quite an interesting way to um, it's quite a it is quite a confronting but also also very interesting way to read about yourself you know Jane and I met Jane was the eternal optimist I'm dead I'm gone it's quite interesting to read it like that she was one of those believe it and and it can and will happen she was she also wrote she you know oh that's valued I think, I think that's the thing that um my greatest takeaway is reading about myself as if I'm no longer
1: here I think it's such a gift because oftentimes when we mm-hmm. hear beautiful things about ourselves it can be our inclination to say oh, no, no. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's just this. It's just that. And when you're dead, you can't argue with the impact that you've had on people's lives for the good mm-hmm. or the bad. And that mm. is really sobering. And you, mm. you, you receive it. Mm.
0: I mean, I, I received, I, I had a, um, I had a lovely message from a friend last year who just wrote a couple of lines about how she saw me hmm. I bet it was in the present
1: mm-hmm.
0: she said you are you are it's very different reading Jane was compared to you are I mean lovely you are but um sobering to read Jane was anyway I think it's a worthwhile exercise I got a lot out of it and I was very pleased. You know, Megan is not the sort of person who throws praises willy-nilly. And so, you know, I, I take that eulogy quite seriously. Absolutely. That's how, and I love the fact that I know that that's how she saw me, how she sees me. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can't speak
1: um, about yourself in the past tense. <laughs> no. I've got at least another 30 years.
0: I'm hoping 50. So, yeah, my takeaway was just that jolt, that jolt of reading that you're no longer here, but there's someone sitting in a pew at your funeral and they get up into the pulpit and they talk about you in past tense. And this is what she said. And, and it's all the things I love. It's connection, it's hospitality, it's believing, it's dreaming, it's creating, it's curating, it's being a good friend, you know. So it's humour, it's beauty, listening and sharing, smiling. I love that. Optimism. I love that she said in the last line, I will miss Jane's smile and laughter, but listening and sharing and her optimistic, happy take on life. I love that.
1: It sounds like a life well lived. Yeah. And it's
0: yours. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. It's making oh, me Oh, beautiful. Cry. Well, Thank you. I have loved this conversation tonight, Wendy. As have I, Jane.
1: We have loved this conversation and sharing this love letter with you. And we would like to invite you to send us your love letters. Visit the link in the show notes to send us your letters and to join our email list. See you next week.